0: It's a pleasure to worship with you all. And uh, before we dive into the sermon this morning, I wanna acknowledge uh, the wonderful folks that put on our event last night. We had such a great time at the spaghetti dinner. I wanna say a special thank you to Cindy and Diana and Linda and Michelle. Thank you so much for all of the work that you guys put in. Can we just give them a little hand clap? For the event that they put on last night. If you weren't able to make it, we had a spaghetti dinner. It was awesome and it was uh, so good to just spend some time together. Uh, With that, I'm going to now turn our attention. We're in a Lenten series that is focusing on how Jesus used his hands. And we've had two really wonderful sermons from Dave and Simon and this church is so blessed to have Dave and Simon as lay preachers here at the church to come and bring God's word it's just such a gift to the church so thankful for them and uh, last week uh, it was especially helpful for me I, I got to go off I was in Oregon for the week at a, a retreat and a, a intensive study for a doctoral program I'm in through Portland Seminary up there in Oregon, and so uh, I'm excited to be back, and I feel like uh, some of the things that God is doing in me um, are in this, in this sermon. In fact, uh, I didn't realize this sermon text was uh, assigned to me uh, as I was up there, but this was one of our main focuses while we were up at our retreat, and so I'm happy to Uh, borrow a little of the things that I learned to share with you and to to just show you uh, some of the beautiful things that are in this text. This is Luke chapter 7 and we're going to be looking at verse 11 through 17. And so here are these words. Soon afterwards Jesus went to a town called Nain. And his disciples and a large clou- uh, crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the buyer. They were carrying him on, and the bearer stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, would you add your blessing to the reading of your word? Lord, would you get me out of the way so that we can hear clearly from you what your scripture would want to teach us? Lord, would you be present here now to move in our hearts, to bring us uh, insight into the reality of your death and resurrection, what it means for each and every life in this church this morning. Speak to us. Give us ears to hear, so that we can know your voice. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, in this story, as as we're building up to the main events, really there's an additional note to add in that there's really two crowds that are present in the story this morning from Luke chapter 7. One is a crowd of celebration. Jesus has just come off doing another miracle for an important person, a Roman centurion. And the excitement is building around Jesus. The rejoicing, this sense that God is present and powerful is palpable in this crowd. This crowd that is excited and happy. And while this crowd is entering the city gates, another crowd is there. This crowd is a totally different kind of crowd. This crowd of mourners with tears in their eyes, devastated by two losses, this widow who's lost her husband, who has now lost her son. And for a moment, just imagine what it would be like to be walking in this crowd. You see, the church loves to be in the crowd of celebration, right? The church loves to join in the momentum and the excitement of the crowd of celebration. But in this Lenten season, it's important for us to think on this other crowd that is intersecting at the gate, the city gate, in this small town outside of Nazareth. What would it be like to be walking in this crowd, this crowd that is intentionally moving quickly because a body decaying has a certain smell. And so it's important to move this body into burial as quickly as possible. In this small community of people where people knew each other, And so one death in the community affected the rest of the community, and so there's a crowd that's joined together in community, in communal lament to be together to share this loss. And even though sometimes the church is not good, at pausing and acknowledging this other crowd, what does Jesus do? Why does Jesus leave the crowd of celebration and go to the other crowd, this crowd of mourning? We have it on our first slide, but I just want to look at even four translations, I think we have this, of how the different translations translate this one verse. Speaking of Jesus looking at this crowd, the NRSV just says he had compassion. The NLT translates his heart overflowed with compassion. The NASB says he felt compassion. And the NIV translates his heart went out to her. You see, what compels Jesus to move into the crowd of mourning is his deep, heartfelt compassion for this woman, this widow. This woman who had loss after loss, and in this culture even, would have been like the walking dead. With no more financial resources, no more promise, of future financial resources would have been totally destitute by these two losses. And yet, look Jesus' heart as it's translated, I'm gonna give you some Greek words here. This word's compassion and heart, how Jesus feels about this situation. In the Greek is a verb in this text, to or the noun of it is Spelanchnon. And this is how scripture uh, uses like, like the center, the seat of emotion, deep down. This is how the scripture describes the seat of one's most tender emotions. Isn't it beautiful that God walking on earth, taking on flesh and blood in the seat of his most tender emotion, is looking on a woman who has been widowed and lost her child. And the heart of God, in the depths of God, is crying out with compassion for this woman. In the book of Zechariah, there is a prediction of what the coming Messiah will be like. The arrival of the dawn from on high. Splankna, Elios, Theos, Hemon. The tender mercy of God himself towards one of his own who is in deep distress. This is what Jesus is the fulfillment of in this text. Jesus leaves the crowd of celebration because of this deep compassion for those who are in distress. I want to show you a picture by Van Gogh. The the title of this picture is At Eternity's Gate. At Eternity's Gate. So in our text, we read that at the gate, that there was a crowd of mourning and a crowd of celebration, and Van Gogh here reworked and reworked this painting throughout his life of this veteran. And you know, the, the gift of an artist is to help us to see things that could easily be overlooked. And so, as he reworked this painting over and over, Van Gogh in his journals wrote about how. There was something spiritual happening in him at eternity's gate as he looked on the loss and the suffering of this veteran. He described it as something on high, something unutterably moving to see him bent down in sadness and in grief. There are two crowds at eternity's gate, And we hold the tension, don't we, of death and life. And when we're young and full of life, the world is our oyster. And sometimes we can just simply walk past the crowd of grieving without even knowing it's there. Sometimes we're so sad and so hurt that we don't even want to look at the crowd of celebration because it reminds us of what we don't currently have. But Jesus is willing to stand in this tension to celebrate and to mourn to celebrate and to mourn and so in our story he leaves the crowd of celebration and he goes to the crowd of mourning and did you pay attention our our series is about what Jesus does with his hands. And in this story, can you imagine this dramatic scene? He goes up to this crowd of mourners and then a buyer is what was used to transport the dead body out of the city. And Jesus takes his hands and he puts it right in the place of death. Jesus is willing to go to the place of death. This, in his culture, would have been the unclean place, the place where you shouldn't touch, because if you touch it, then you will also become unclean. And yet, there Jesus is willing to touch the place of death at eternity's gate. I want to show you another picture. This is by an artist named Lilius Trotter. Lilius uh, was a missionary in Algeria in the 1800s. But before that, she was trained as a painter and she had potential, the story goes, she was really close with a famous painter named uh, Ruskin. She was training to become a master painter and Ruskin was trying to convince her that that should be her life goal, but he said if she was to become a brilliant painter, one of the best painters of her generation, that she would have to give her whole life to training to become a a master painter. The challenge was is that she felt compelled to give her whole life to God. And so one day she was at a a powerful sermon where a request ran out to go to Algeria, to go to the ends of the earth in this first missionary boom in the 18th century. And she felt compelled by God to go to this place that she had never been before, that she could not speak the language of the people. And so she... She renounced fame and she went off to Algeria with three friends, three women. I mean, what can you imagine a radical feeling it must have been to go out to this foreign place with no help, without speaking the language, and yet knowing that God had put her in this place. And I encountered her work Uh, just this, this past week and what stood out to me is that in her lifetime, she never saw any external church. She spent her life sowing seeds that never manifested into anything of a visible church. But if you read her prayers, and her writings, you see a person who is so connected to God, so so informed by faithfulness regardless of outcome. And she never stopped painting. But what she did do is she used her painting as a way to be with God to write about parables and the way that she saw God out in the desert. And this is one of her watercolors that she did. And there's a writing that she has added to this picture. Her teaching goes like this. It says, see the bit of gorse bush so right now we're looking at the piece of this plant with all of those thorns on it the whole year round the thorn has been hardening and sharpening and spring comes the thorn does not drop off and it does not soften there is an uncompromising as ever but halfway up appear two brown furry balls, mere specks at first, that break at last straight out of last year's thorn into a blaze of fragrant golden glory. So she's focused on the thorns and the the hardening of the thorns and that the thorns would not disappear And yet she's describing that in the very place of those hardened thorns, it is possible that these beautiful flowers can also appear. Then she writes this. Take the very hardest thing in your life, the place of difficulty, outward or inward, and expect God to triumph gloriously in that very spot. Just there, he can bring your soul into blossom. You see, this work was almost completely lost. But for missionaries who for a hundred years snuck these works, her beautiful paintings, out from Algeria. And just in the last... 10 years, a visible church has sprung up in Algeria a hundred years after these seeds were sown with tears and the beautiful flowers coming out of this suffering. Do you see Jesus as he goes up and places his hand on the buyer and then declares that this young man rise. Can you, in your minds, I experience with the crowd on that day what it must have felt like to watch this young man be returned to his mother? and to experience at death's gate a resurrection. And the intimacy and astonishment and the beauty that must have flowed from this picture of the Messiah who's deep in compassion and wants to reveal something beyond just the moment about the nature of God You see, in Lent, what we do is we acknowledge the suffering and the pain of life. And the reason we do that is so that we can create a capacity for the resurrection. That the way to eternal life is through death, just as we just sang. This is the transformational nature of the cross that changes everything for us. Here are these words, this is from N.T. Wright's commentary but he moves from commentary to spiritual practice for this text from Luke 7. And I'm gonna invite you to do this practice with me. He writes this, now go through the scene again But this time, instead of it being a funeral funeral procession in a small first century Galilean town, make it the moment you most dread in the next week or year. So think about the moment that you most dread. Maybe it's something that you know is going to happen, like a traumatic move or a house or a job, Maybe it's something you're already afraid of, a sudden accident or illness, a tragedy or a scandal. And then he says this, come into the middle of the scene if you can, in prayer. Feel its sorrow and frustration, its bitterness, its anger, and watch as Jesus comes to join you in the middle of it. Take time to let him approach. Speak touch and command. He may not say what you expect. He may not do what you want. But if his presence comes to be with you, there, that is what you need the most once he is in the middle of it all with you, you will be able to come through it. Amen. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we stand uh, in the crowd of suffering and it's hard to acknowledge the pain, the difficulty, the sadness, Lord, I think upon those in our church who are going through difficulties in their life, Lord. And I ask that you would be in the center. Come join us in the center of the pain, Lord. Help us to rely on you. Help us to know that you are there with us with your compassion. And with your touch. And may it change for us how we experience all that we go through. And may we know your glory in this place. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.